Like many of you, we battled depression during life's ups and downs. Music has always been the one thing that we could rely on to get us through the tough times that we all face. Follow us on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music, interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with Blake Mosley and James Cox. Mr. Brosley, what Mr. is up with well, Mr. Cox? Constantly Brosley. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry, man. I, my yeah. throat's a little tickled just now as soon as we got started. Um, I'm good, dude. How are you? Good. Um, I Okay, so you know how much I love vinyl records, right? Oh, I know. I know okay, it. yeah. Yeah, so when you know Eric at, uh, at Scratchman. Yes. Um. So it turns out that a lot of people have taken our business cards and I need to give them like a fresh stack of business cards. So I'm going to do that. Business cards? Yes. Yes. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because I gave him like a big stack of cards. And he says, man, he had three of them left. And I gave him a big stack. Yes. Yes. I just want to say anybody who picked up a business card that is listening to the show right now, thanks for doing that. You guys are really you're the real MVPs, and uh, we're here for you, and we hope you enjoy the show. Yes, that being we said, are. I hope you enjoy how how much I'm going to botch these names that we're going to talk about today. But anyway, go yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Okay, Jay. okay. So I love collective vinyl, right? So the the one of my favorite bands of all time, and and you know this is the Deftones. Yes, uh-huh. uh, and and their vinyl records are insanely rare to collect. Um, I picked right. up Saturday Night Night Rest last time I went there, but today I got I got uh, the self-titled one and Diamond Eyes, so I'm finding okay. them for a really good price because you can get them on eBay. But you know how eBay is; they skyrocket your prices, and it's and it's not even worth it, you know. Yeah. Um, because I did see a, a okay, so the Necro Goblin album I got for thirty bucks on your actual website. On, yeah. on eBay, they're selling the same record for ninety bucks. Really? And I paid and I paid like like twenty five, thirty bucks for it. So see, see there that that's what I'm talking about right there. See, and we were just I mean, talking before we started recording. I, I've I've <laughs> gone to my uh, Amazon wish list and I've kind of like separated things into categories. So I've got you know drum shed, I've got books and comic books that I want, and I've got a separate one for vinyl just because there's so many vinyl records I want. Right. And I've looked at the prices of them on Amazon and you're right. It is ridiculous. So Insane, that excites yeah. me. I'm just going to tell people like, don't buy, if you're going to, if you're planning on getting me vinyl for like a birthday or a Christmas present, don't do that. Yeah. Save some money, go to scratch and spend, support local business. And, uh, you can, you can buy two or three <laughs> for the price of what one would have cost on right. Amazon. Right. It's yeah. insane. How much, how much I like it. And, and what bothers me is people don't, you know, realize that you can get them for a lot cheaper than eBay, you know? Yeah. No doubt. A lot of people will think that eBay is in the be all thing and it's not true. You know, mom and yeah. pop stores can order stuff for you, you know, really, really, really relatively cheaper. Yeah. And I just think it's a crime that, that people get away with stuff, you know, like this, but who's going to stop them, you know? They're just sick people. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's my that that was my weekend. How about yours? Uh, so mine um was not very eventful, but that is perfect for me. Like I, I've told you before, if I sleep past seven thirty on Saturday, 
it is that is sleeping in for me. Okay. Yeah. And I, I woke up around 845 on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of did our normal routine of some um, Disney Plus shows that we watched. What If was amazing. Um, we finished up the last episode of Bad Batch for any Star Wars fans out there. It was great. If you haven't checked out Bad Batch yet, uh, it's amazing. Um, and uh, we went to Brew Bakers. Uh, also talking about supporting local business. Anybody in town here mm-hmm. uh, in Sumter, please go check out Brew Bakers on Main Street. <coughs> they're located inside of they, – they're not paying us to talk about them, but I'm just promoting them. Right, um, because they're great. They're great people, and they make great coffee. Uh, they have great like pastries and uh, desserts and salads and stuff like that. Uh, we got a club sandwich for lunch, Ooh. and um, yeah, wow, like French man. toast and stuff. Oh my god, it was amazing. God. Um, so yeah, go check out Brew Bakers. Um, and then you know, just hung out. Um, I didn't have to play at church on Sunday, so that was another, uh, which is a rare occasion. I'm usually man. on every Sunday, but I was not scheduled to play this Sunday, so. I slept in until nine o'clock, which is very, very rare for me. And um, I, uh, yeah, I felt like I I was well rested by the time that today came back around. And yeah, yeah, work's getting a little bit better. So it was good. But you know what I am getting really excited about and which is why I'm repping the Sumter High hoodie right here. Well, um, is football's coming back. Oh, yes. Yeah, football. It's it's getting close, dude. September 4th is Carolina's first uh, uh, football game. So getting excited. My nephew, this is a senior year, um, at Sumter high playing football there. So, um, we went to their first like little scrimmage jamboree thing. I don't know what it was. It was weird. Uh, the, it was fun, but it was, uh, just not, the rules were not the same. It was really hard to like follow where we were. Um, but it was, you know, it's, this is my favorite time of year. Once football kicks off, we got Halloween coming up. We're already talking about doing Halloween. Fall, episodes. man. Fall is fall is wonderful. I, okay, so I'm kind of torn between springtime and fall time because I think like they're basically the same thing, but not really. Yeah. But I do love the uh, fall is ranks number one. Springtime ranks just under, I'm just slightly under it. But there's something about fall that makes me like excited. You know, I don't know what it is. It's probably Halloween. Halloween time. You know. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's always good. So because because yeah, I know that you love Halloween too, and yeah, I love it. Yes, I love yeah. it. Um, and I'm not like shamed in the admitting that I love Halloween anymore. So no, um, I fully embrace it. I love it. Um, there's some really cool uh Halloween things that are planned for Disney Plus coming out. Oh, this year. wait a minute. Uh, wait a minute. Go ahead. Yes. It is is Hocus Pocus two coming out? Not this year, but it is in development. That'll be cool. I love Hocus Pocus. It's a great movie. No. Um, yes. That, so that needs to come out as soon as possible, man. I love I know, Hocus Pocus. I know. Freaking COVID uh, ruined all that. But Right, yeah. Um, but you know what is coming out this year? Um, I know you're a Muppets fan. Um, mm-hmm. So they are doing the Muppets at the Haunted Mansion. I don't know what it's going to be called, but Ooh. it's like the Muppets spend the night in the Haunted Mansion, and that is my favorite ride at Disney World. Um, so I'm really, really excited about that. There's also a, uh, I'm a big Star Wars fan, so there's a Lego Star Wars Halloween special that's supposed to be coming out this year, too. Mm. Um, that'll be fun. And uh, so, and then right after Halloween, you know, Thanksgiving's a lot of fun. I love Thanksgiving. Um, and then we got Christmas and everything. But yes, I'm right Christmas there with you. Time. Yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, we, we need to start talking about Christmas episodes, too. We do. Um, but uh yeah we got a lot of great stuff maybe some extra bonus content we can throw in there for halloween and christmas uh for you guys so 
We'll try to get Davy Calabrese back on the show. Yes, I was just about to mention that for you. Yeah. Yeah. I was just about to mention that, you know. What do you got? Yeah, because um, one guy who I who we talked about before, um, oh, he who who's the singer of the band Doyle, the Alex Wolf, well, um, Alex, uh, yeah, Alex Story, Alex Story, okay. yeah, uh, yeah. I I went on the show, but then again, I, I'm gonna have to do a lot of legwork editing it because he likes the f word a lot, <laughs> and I don't, I, and I don't know if you did see the Calabrese episode where they interviewing him. But every every word or or almost every other word was you know, uh you know <laughs> the f word. So I guess that's his that's his uh, dictionary of right there. So who knows? Um, we might get him on for a, a, a Halloween episode because I feel like he's he's into Halloween too, just as much as calories are. Cool. Uh, but yeah, yeah but um, so yeah, but this episode is all about Japan. And they're awesome music. man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, but first, uh, we're going to do this day in music with Mr. Brosley. So, take it away. Thank you, sir. Looking forward to this right here. How's my volume? Am I good? Turn it down. All right. Uh, so, once again, thanks to thisdayinmusic.com uh, for this information. Um, let's, uh, let's go ahead and kick it off here. So in 1960, uh, Elvis Presley, uh, started a five week run at number one on the U S singles chart with it's now or never also number one in the UK. Uh, the song, uh, which was based on the Italian song. Oh, oh gosh, we're off to a great start with my pronunciations. Um, Oh, soul mio. Anyway, gave Presley his first post army. Number one. Um, in 1962, the Beatles, uh, oh, by the way, uh, this is our, uh, this day in music for, uh, the, uh, August 23rd. Sorry. Yeah. I got all my days mixed up. So August 23rd, uh, 1962, the Beatles, uh, uh, John Lennon and Paul McCartney drove from Liverpool to Skegness to ask Ringo Starr, um, to join the Beatles. Um, Star was recently uh, playing a resident residency with uh, Rory Storm and the Hurricanes at uh, Butlins, um, and then shortly before, uh, Star had agreed to join King Size Taylor in Hamburg, as Taylor was offering twenty euros a week, uh, but Lennon and McCartney offered him twenty five euros a week, uh, which Ringo Star accepted. Wise man, more go where the money's at. Um, so yeah, again in nineteen sixty five on this day, the Beatles set a new record for the largest attendance at a pop concert when they played in front of 50, 55,600 fans at Shea Stadium in New York City. Uh, the Beatles were paid $160,000 for the show. The set list included some greats here. Twist and Shout, She's a Woman, I Feel Fine, Dizzy Miss Lizzie, Ticket to Ride, Can't Buy Me Love, Babies, uh, Babies in Black, uh, I Want to Be a Man, Hard Day's Night, and Help. Uh, also, I'm Down. Two of the Rolling Stones were actually in attendance uh, in the audience, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards were both there. And then later that evening, Bob Dylan visited the Beatles at their hotel. So just a whole mess of some really popular, famous people there. Uh, in 1969, we're going to talk about Woodstock for a second. We have a whole Woodstock episode if you want to go check that out. Uh, the Woodstock Festival was held on Max Yasker's 600-acre uh, farm in Bethel outside of New York. Uh, attended by over 400,000 people, the event featured, here we go, some of the great. Jimi Hendrix, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Santana, The Who, 
Credence Clearwater Revival, Grateful Dead, Janis Joplin, The Band, Canned Heat, uh, Joan Bays, Melanie, Ten Years After, Sly and the Family Stone, Johnny Winter, Jefferson Airplane, Ravi Shanker, Country Joe and the Fish, Blood, Sweat and Tears, Arlo Guthrie, and Joe Cocker. Uh, in 1976, ABBA released Dancing Queen, the Mega Smash, as their lead single from their fourth studio album, Arrival. Dancing Queen, uh, which had the working title of Boogaloo, um, went on to uh, top the charts in more than a dozen countries, including the United States, where it became ABBA's only number one hit. Um, in 1981, Diana Ross and Lionel Richie started a nine-week run at number one on the U.S. singles chart with Endless Love, a number seven in the U.K. Uh, and then the song was the title from a film starring Brooke Shields. Didn't know that. Uh, we're getting into the 90s here. It's a little bit more of my era. Uh, 1992, Boys to Men started a 13-week run at number one on the U.S. singles chart with End of the Road. Man, all the children that were conceived to that song. I can only imagine. <laughs> Uh, the group's number number one uh, U.S. song um, what was that. Uh, so take it from the Eddie Murphy film Boomerang. It broke the 36-year-old record held by Elvis uh, for the longest run at number one. How about that? Um, in 1995, Vince Neil of Motley Crue, uh, his daughter sadly passed away. Her name was Skylar. Um, she died of cancer at the age of four, unfortunately. Um, the Motley Crue singer later named... Uh, or excuse me, founded the Skylar Neal Memorial Fund in her honor. Since that time, Neal and the foundation have raised awareness uh, and funding for various children's illnesses and has donated millions of dollars to the T.J. Bartle Foundation, uh, and it sponsors an annual golf tournament to raise money for children with cancer. Uh, in 2002, John Lennon, uh, a memorial to John Lennon, was unveiled in the remote uh, Scottish village of Durness, where Lennon had spent his holidays um, from age 7 to 15. The lyrics from In My Life had been inscribed on three stones. Uh, and then finally, I just ran out of music there. Oh, there we go. There we go. Uh, sorry. I'm on the last one and the music stopped. What the crap? Uh, in 2020, uh, Taylor Swift was number one on the UK album chart for her eighth studio album, Folklore. Upon release, Folklore broke the Guinness, uh, Guinness <coughs> World Record biggest opening day on Spotify for an album by a female act. That's incredible. Uh, three of its tracks reached the top ten of the official charts in eight different countries. It was Swift's seventh consecutive number one album on the U.S. Billboard 200 and became the best-selling album of 2020. So there you have it. That was today's This Year in Music for August 26th. And maybe something spectacular is going to happen today that we can bring this up again over and over and over and over because this show will never die. It will never die. You are correct. And uh, <laughs> so this day in music was 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 quite popular for the Beatles because it's two out of out of how however many you oh, did, and that wasn't even all of the ones that I included. Uh, there oh, was wow. a lot of things I chopped out of that just to kind of yeah. make it a little bit shorter. So there, yeah, there was a there was a lot more. Uh, it, it seems like every time we do these, the Beatles pop up Constantly. a lot, like it, right. it over and over and over again. Beatles were very very busy people back then. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, yeah, but uh, man, I tell you what, man, I, I um I don't really listen to her music that much. But Taylor Swift has really been kicking some butt because I yeah. mean, it was number one again. You know, I mean, she's she's I mean, you know, and 
and they go from the best-selling album of 2020. There's a lot of great albums out right now, you know? So for that to go um, number one or the best-selling album of all of all 2020, that says something a lot, you know? So good yeah, for her. and I can't good remember what the name of the so, – I can't remember what the name of the uh, – the song is, but there's a podcast that I like called uh, Crime Junkie. And, yeah. Uh, they did a April Fool's joke of an episode where uh, they were reading off the story and they were, you know, and I was really, really, really getting into it. And then by the end of this, and I wasn't familiar with it because it was off the <coughs> new album and I just hadn't listened to it yet. But um, by the time they got to the end of the episode, they were like, you know, April Fool's. Uh, if you're a Taylor Swift fan, you will know that these names and the story is actually taken from this song off of the Folklore album. And so I was like, oh, that's really cool. I never got around to looking up what the song was, but apparently she has, and you know, I'm a sucker for that. Um, there is some kind of song on on that album that's like a fake story of like a girl that like killed a boyfriend or something like that. And it was just, it was wild. And uh, uh, man, I'll, I'll flow that up and I'll, I'll bring that up on another episode. We'll have to, yes. we'll have to dive awesome. into the, we'll into the history of Taylor Swift. I'd love to do there that. There you I go. We could do a Taylor Swift episode, you know? Um, so that'd be yeah, good. That'd be good. So, um, yeah. so this episode is all about Japan and their incredible music. So let's get started. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. So Japanese culture has been a huge influence on for Americans, uh, spanning literally everything from food to film to music and album artwork, which is true. Yeah. Uh, Mike Shinoa of Lincoln Park is, is a third-generation Japanese-American. Uh, not only has music influenced a whole generation, his artwork, which that was incorporated in Lincoln Park's album releases, uh, draw, draws a heavy influence from Japanese culture. Uh, he was awarded with the Japanese-American National Museum Award of Excellence in 2006. Uh, so, uh, we've heavily embraced Japanese manga and anime in the States. Um, I mean, ask any kind of people that grew up in the 90s if they ever went to Dragon Ball Z or Pokemon uh, to see excited how to get, you know. And I've had, I, I had watched Dragon Ball Z and, uh, and, uh, and a little bit of Pokemon, you know. So, I, yeah, I hear that. <laughs> I mean, how pumped does that theme song get yeah. you? I mean, I do like the, I do love the, the, the love the theme song, but I just couldn't get into the, couldn't oh. get into the series. Yeah, I'm sorry, dude. Yeah. I, I lost a lot of money to some Pokemon, <laughs> whether that was oh, I know. cards or I would trade cards or toys or things like that at school. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I was a Pokemon fiend mm. as a child. Right. And it is still on to this day because there are YouTube channels. Like, they're, they're so purposeless unpackaging Pokemon cards. That's all yeah. they do, you know. Yeah. Just to see yeah, which no one they get, you know. Yeah, so. I, I'm trying to reach out to Logic, uh, the rapper, and see if yeah. he wants to go through my attic of Pokemon cards that I, I swear I've probably got something expensive yeah. up there. The dude spent $300,000 on a Charizard I'm, card. One and, card, uh, right? One card. Uh, one card. And um, mm -hmm. Oh, and uh, Logan Paul in his fight with uh, Floyd Mayweather. 
um, a few months back. He like walks out uh, with a hologram Charizard card on a like gold plated necklace or something. And wow. it was worth thousands of dollars. Right. And uh, that's how much we, yeah, we've, we've embraced Japanese culture for so long. We, we love it. We love it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, and also they have a, like a, like a totally different lifestyle, which I love because um, they, they say it is, uh, I think us Americans, we, we work to live and they live to work. You know, they love working, you know, I mean, yeah. so they, I think they all work for like half a day and take the rest of the deal for like, take yes. this or something. So and that's you know what, what we take note, America, like they have shown that productivity goes up like mm. tremendously. People are happier with their jobs um, when they work less. Right. It's just and how it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm, right. And also I'm amazed about how, how quick they can do math. Um, mm. I'm, I'm really not a math, math whiz. Yeah. And it seems like everybody in like, you know, in the Asian part of the country is like math wizards. Yeah. So big ups to them, you know, cause I, I, it's, I struggled with, uh, with high school math, you know? Yeah. I was terrible at math. Yeah. I hate so, math. And, so. and what's funny is like my job requires me to do a lot of math. Mm. So I just butcher it all the time. Kind of like yeah. how I'm going to butcher these names today. Yeah. Have I mentioned that? I'm really nervous <laughs> about this. We, there's so much pressure right now because we have so many, have but, so many yeah, Japanese yeah. listeners and like, I don't I, ruin it. But I think that they'll forgive us because, I mean, I, I, I they know that Americans can't pronounce it. I'm from, I'm from Podunk, South Carolina, man. I am so yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah. But the reason why we're doing this, and uh, we recently learned that in a podcast, um, uh, it hit uh, Japan uh, re- recently got us to number 16 on the Apple podcast commentary charts. So thank yeah. you very much. And Canada, we haven't forgotten about you because we know that you uh, brought us very close to uh, to number 50, uh, being uh, 51. So we'll we'll do an episode strictly for you. And yep. we want to thank you as well. Absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, man, it's... um. It's been a it's been a long road, but you know, I mean, we're we're getting our name out there, you know, and we're trying real hard. So we just want to um, thank y'all um, for everything so far, and that's what we're gonna try to do every time. You know, like a country treats us treats us well, we're gonna do an episode strictly for you. Um, you know, in Japan, this is yours, and uh, and we'll get to uh, Canada uh, in a few more episodes, but. I know that Halloween is coming up, Blake. Yeah. And I know that you and I love Halloween. Yes. Uh, so let's talk about Balzac. 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 Now, you didn't hear anything else. That's the pronunciation of the band's name is Balzac. B-A-L-Z-A-C. With a Z. Yeah. Z. Balzac. <laughs> yeah. Balzac. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so this is, uh, a, this, is a, this is a very unique band because this is their version of the Misfits. Yeah. And um, I learned recently that um, um, uh, Jerry Only from the Misfits uh, did a couple of songs with Balzac. Yeah. So let's let's find out more about him. Sure. Uh, so Balzac is a Japanese punk rock band formed in 1992 in Kyoto. Uh, the band was founded by singer and <coughs> songwriter Hirosuke Nishishima. Uh, Nishi, 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 I'm sorry. Nishi, Nishi. 
here we go. We're off to a great start. Uh, Nishiyama, excuse me. Sorry, I got it there. Uh, who has remained the only constant member of the band since its creation. Since the beginning, Balzac was highly influenced by the sound and image of the American horror punk band. You know them. We love them. Hopefully you love them too. The Misfits. And especially during the very early years, uh, Glenn Danzig saw one. Uh, adopting and combining the musical and visual style of both bands to create their own. Balzac's lyrics, though, uh, not always serious in tone, often deal with the themes of darkness, loneliness, and fear. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, Cuspel, when you think of Halloween, your your, darkness, loneliness, and fear all resemble Halloween, you know? Yeah. Of course, it's more fun now because you have a lot of, of like 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 decorations like skeletons and pumpkins and yeah and uh, they tried to make it more kid friendly I guess because that's more like a you know Halloween you go out door to door and trick or treat but yeah. um but I do love the Friday the Thirteenth uh, um, watching those on 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 Halloween you know yep yep so yeah, yeah. Good times. classic slasher horror movies are yeah. great man yeah. Um, so Balzac has gained a uh, certain amount of recognition uh, and exposure outside of their native country where they're well known. Currently, they have five official clothing brands. Uh, if you're interested in what those are, um, they're called Shocker with three exclamation points. Um, so Shocker, uh, mm-hmm. Dementia 13, Culture, um, XXXXXX. Now, let me read that back to you. That's three capital X's and then three lowercase X's. Okay. Um, and then uh, and and Balzac. Oddly enough, they had named a uh, clothing company out after the name of the band. Um, uh, and then uh, they have uh, uh, and uh, with one. Excuse me, I, I lost my place in the notes. So with one store in Japan plus three online stores, uh, the Shocker Web Store, Shocker Worldwide, uh, and Shocker EU. Um, hmm. They have their own official record label. Uh, called Evil Legend 13 Records, on which they have released uh, several EP singles and videos. Uh, Balzac is also well known for its toy releases. This is cool, um, especially for collectors and music music collectors like that. Um, so uh, some created by the company's TWIM and Secret Bass and its extensive discography and side projects. The current lineup of the, of the band consists of Hirosuke Nishi, Nishishima, Nishiyama, excuse me, Nishiyama, uh, on the vocals, Atsushi Nakagawa on the uh, guitar and uh, and the uh, backup vocals there, um, Akio Imai on the bass and uh, backup vocals, <laughs> and <laughs> Takayuki Manabi on the drums also does like digital effects and also does backup vocals. Um, so musically, the band has drawn from punk, pop, industrial, and noise. Uh, across their various releases. Um, also, mm-hmm. apart from the main band, Balzac is also well-known in the scene for their multiple uh, side projects, which mainly consist of the same members of the band playing in a different style or under a specific theme. Uh, kind of similar to when we had our um, Happy Hardcore episode, um, where we talked about uh, Newfound Glory and their uh, international hardcore, uh, superheroes of hardcore band where it's like the same members they just kind of switch instruments so a little side project um but uh if you want to check those out uh the bands are called zodiac uh the deranged mad zombies and also 728 misfits also known as the naniwa misfits so nice nice yeah. 
pretty cool. And that's just a, you know, Misfits cover band. Right. Um, so let's talk about their um, their uh, studio albums. They got a lot of them, so I'm going to run through them right fast. It's uh, Their Last Men on Earth came out in 95. That was the first studio album. Uh, Deep Teenagers from Outer Space, 97. 13th Story Away, The Children of the Night, 98. 2000, they came out with uh, uh, Zinu, Naru, Masu, Nomi, Ha, Chi, Wo, Yubi, Sashu. I'm so sorry. It's, uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's a given in 2000. A terrifying Art of the Dying, The Last Minute on Earth 2, came out in 2002. Came Out of the Grave, 2004. Darkism, 2005. Deep Blue Chaos from Darkism 2, uh, 2006. Uh, Paranoid Dream of the Zodiac came out in 2007. Hatred, Destruction equals Construction, 2008. The Birth of Evil, also 2008. Paradox, 2009. Judgment Day, 2010. Blackout, 2013. Bloodsucker, 2011. Uh, I'm sorry, that's, that's 2013. Uh, nope, 2015 Bloodsucker. Bloodsucker Returns, also in 2015. And the last album to date is Hybrid, Hybrid, Hybrid Black, which came out in 2019. So yes. they've been grinding out records constantly, you know. And some of those are are part of those side projects that they do. So okay. like, it's, it's like they consider it as part of their discography because it's a lot of the same band members. Right. Um, but yeah, they're, they've definitely been busy since uh, 1992. Yeah. These guys is... are, these guys are as old as I am. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, but they've been killing it, you know, and yeah. it's good music. It's yeah, good. it is. It yeah, is great. It's, it's fun. Fantastic stuff. Yeah. Uh, if you love horror punk of any variety, then you will enjoy balls. That <laughs> out of my mind um they're just a fun band um yeah throw them on for a halloween party and uh and they blend right in so yeah so i've talked about jason Voorhees from camp crystal lake <laughs> can't i can't do it very well anyway. actually actually do you know what that is it's yeah, kill kill it, kill mom 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 and like kill, you know subtle things yeah killer kill kill her mommy uh, is what that was intended to be, and they just took like the kill and the mommy, and they just like chopped Cut up in there. the yeah. audio and made it like gave it this like creepy echo effect, and that's what the yeah. on uh in Friday the Thirteenth movies. Fun right. fact, there you go. Right. Yeah, you're fun fact. Knowledge that that um we have about this kind of stuff. So that's got to be the best. That's got to be the best. Uh, uh, I don't know what that is called. I guess I guess theme. I guess oh, that's what's called. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, that's got to be yeah. about it. Um, right. We yeah. one of our earlier episodes around Halloween was like horror movie scores. Uh, so if you guys want yes. to check that out, that was that was old. We we should revisit that uh, this year. Yeah, um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's the um, I think I, I guess this is a, this is a new new metal band. And they're called Crystal Lake, and they're awesome. Yeah. Y'all y'all gotta check it out. But uh, yes, Crystal Lake is a Japanese metalcore. I'm sorry, it's not it's it's metalcore. A band from they, do a, they do a Limp Bizkit cover, uh, so you're you're good. <laughs> okay, oh good. Yeah. Uh, so they're a band from Tokyo, Japan, uh, formed in 2002. There we go with the 2002. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the band compromised of guitarist uh, Yudia Miyamoto and 
Oh God, help me, please. It's a taku. It's a scoot. I am so sorry. It's a taku. Taji. Sure, Mr. Taji. Okay. And we're so, we're sorry about this, y'all. This is unprofessional of us. Uh, but um, buckle this, uh, Rio, uh, Kido, Kida, mm-hmm. and bassist, um, Mit- Mitsuri, and drummer, Gaku Gakutara. Tara. That's the only one I know how to say because I yes. followed the dude on Instagram, and he is a freaking killer of a drummer. We need uh, no we need to get him on. Their name being Crystal Lake. Sorry. Yeah, I really didn't intend for that, but hey. Well, that's fine. That's what this podcast is, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so who okay, so he, the drummer, was a uh former member of Nocturnal Bloodlust, another another band, another great band. Um so after Shinya's departure, uh, Miyamoto is the only member of the original lineup who who remains in band. Crystal Lake has released five studio studio albums. And the latest studio album, Helix, was released on on November 20, 2018. Yeah. So, uh, Crystal Lake was formed in 2002 in Tokyo, like we said. Uh, the first demo, Free Will, was released in February in time for the show in Korea, which they were invited to by GMC Records. Uh, the second demo, One World... One word changes everything. Uh, came out in July, and a self-released four-track EP, also entitled "Free Will," was released in September with a thousand copies made and sold. Uh, in September 2003, uh, Crystal Lake performed five shows in Japan with Australian band Day of Contempt. I never heard of them. I heard, I heard of the band. Uh, it seemed like it was a really long time ago when I saw that name pop up. Right. Uh, I was like, yeah, I've heard of the band, but I can't <laughs> a single one of their songs. Okay. Um, but uh, maybe we'll have to check them out. Yes, we will. So I, there you go. Uh, so so in, tw- in, uh, in February 2006, uh, they performed an independent the uh, independent Independence Day, I guess. On yeah, Independence Day, I think is uh, it doesn't really say much, right? Club, yeah, I think it was a club. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, they performed there on July fifth, twenty o six. The band released their first studio album entitled uh, "Dimension" through through Imperium Records. After the release of the album, they went on the Dimension tour in Japan. In February 2007, uh, they performed a metal presentation with Australian band I Killed a, I, I Killed a Prom Queen. Yes, that band is great. I that's, love and miss that band so much. That's a great band name. I Killed a yes, Prom Queen. I Killed the Prom Queen. Because who likes Prom Queens, right? Nobody. <laughs> and they went on a tour with Hatebreed, one of yeah. my favorite bands of all time. Right. Um, it's called the Hatebreed Japan Tour in March. Um, in twenty in uh, November twenty oh seven, they played on Rockstar's Taste of Chaos for the first time in Japan. This is where they're starting to really gain some traction in the scene. Uh, when you're when you're going on tour with bands like I Killed the Prom Queen, 
when you're going on tour with bands <clears throat> like Hate Breed, and then if you take place on the or, or or take a spot on the Taste of Chaos tour, where so many of those bands got their their big uh, push. Um, I love, I never got a chance to go to taste of chaos. They don't do them anymore, unfortunately, but I just remember looking forward to the taste of chaos compilation album that came out every year. kind of like, Ooh. it was like, they best described it as like, it's kind of like the winter warp tour. Okay. Um, so it always took place later in the year. It was not a summer, a summer festival tour, uh, thing. And, um, it was like bands looked forward to going to uh warp tour. And then once it started getting around to the, uh, the fall and the winter, they were gearing up for Taste of Chaos, man. It was just everybody wanted to be on that tour. Yes, yes. On twenty on March twenty fourth, twenty twelve, their original drummer uh, left the band. On July, on 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 July third, um, twenty twelve. Um, so they announced their new vocalist Rio on their Facebook page with a statement. Today we are pleased to announce the newest addition to to the Crystal Lake family. That would be awesome if you played Camp Crystal Lake. That would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, he said today we are pleased to announce the newest addition to to uh, uh, the Crystal Lake family. I know. Give I keep one, to say Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> I do too, man. It's, you know, I had to. Yeah. Uh, please give him a more welcome to the new vocalist, Rio. The next day. The band announced that that Gaku uh, will be there on support of the drums, which is great because Blake really loves them. Dude, he um, is a killer drummer. I'm not. This cat is amazing. Um, I, I I first learned of him through they did a tour with August Burns Red, yes. and Matt Griner, the drummer for August Burns Red, shared um a video of because Crystal Crystal Lake was the opening act for the tour. Right. Um, and so Matt Griner shared a video of uh, <coughs> playing and it was just unreal, dude. The guy's feet just play in such a, a pattern and at such a speed that it just blows your mind and you, you your brain can't even like comprehend, co- comprehend what's happening. Um, oh, so it's, so, it's so good. So it's kind of like the, the, the guy that played in, um, I think it's, I think it's Mashuga. That no, that no one can ever like, oh, dude, yeah, yeah. I've never even attempted a Mashuga song, and you oh, won't see me. I'll have to send you some of uh, Gaku's stuff, though. He's in, he's incredible. Yeah, please do. And and uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe maybe we'll get him on the show. Ooh, that would be awesome. That'd I would. Great. I would fangirl like the whole time. <laughs> so uh, they announced. They also announced that they were going to release a new single in the summertime on September fifth. I think this is 2012 also. Um, so they released two singles, The Fire Inside and Overcome. From January 26th to February 1st, 23, no, 2013, I'm sorry, not 23. <laughs> uh, they toured with As Blood Run Black and Confession. Uh, in May 2013, they toured with The Ghost Inside and, and Contents and, uh, and Continents. After, amazing, yeah, love that band. After that, they shared the stage with Emir and also yeah, toured across Japan on the on Summerian Summerian so, tour. Yeah, Summerian tour, uh, 2013 with Mortal Bosaris, 
Upon a Burning Body, which is great. Oh, and, great and Her Name in Blood. Later in 2013, the band went on on a supporting tour um, for Cold, Cold Rain, Her Name in Blood, Cross Faith, Before My Life Another Fails. Okay. Uh, Before My Life Fails, Sim, which is spelled S-I-M, and Total mm-hmm. Fat. Cool. That's what they yeah. called me in high school. Um, Cross, Faith. Cross Faith is another great Japanese metalcore band. Um, we uh, we didn't have enough like time to fit them into this episode since we were already talking about what we kind of wanted to span different genres. Um, but yes, Cross Faith, it, Cross Faith is another good metalcore band. Uh, their drummer is also incredible, and he's sponsored by SJC Drums, and they share a lot of his drum sets, which are just unreal looking. The guy's got like great ideas for what makes his drums like stand out. Like he has a full like fur wrapped drum kit. It's it's just it's crazy. It's hard for me to describe. Go check out cross if you don't do anything else, just Google Cross Faith Drummer and just get his uh drum sets. It's crazy. Who called you total fat in high school? Everybody, James. Everybody did. Well I'm gonna I'll, 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 well I'm gonna personally Call him up one by one and give him a piece hey, of your okay. mind. It no, made okay. me who I am today. It yes, and that's that's the best thing. That's yeah, the best thing about I, it. I so. Today I am who I am today because <laughs> of all those people. So here I am. Yeah. There you are. There you are. <laughs> and you're working out, dude. You know, you know, I saw you on. Yeah, dude. Show them your guns. You know, so it's covered cool. up by your sweatshirt, but I mean, I mean, cool. You know, sweating so. inside the sweatshirt. <laughs> Um, so on August 3rd, uh, the band re-released their song Into the Great and Beyond, uh, from their second studio album of the same name along their, alongside an accompanying music video. At the same time, the band announced that an album consisting of re-recorded material from their, uh, Kintaro Nashimura Air titled The Voyages, which released on August 5th, 2020, while also uh, revealing the album cover of and the track list on on November 21st. The band officially announced that they had parted ways with uh, Shinya due to personal reasons. On in July 2021, the band released their single Curse, accompanied by an official music video of the, for the song, uploading it on their YouTube channel. Yeah, good song. Great awesome. band. Yeah. yeah, great, great metalcore band. Uh, they're, they're, they're still like gaining a lot of fans uh, as time goes on. Um, but do go check them out. They're wonderful. Uh, and I think that they... They don't really blend in with the metalcore scene. Um, for one thing, uh, Gaku's drumming is just impeccable, uh, and uh, he he really brings a lot to that band. And um, I'm excited to see where they go from here because they're already nice. they're already doing a great job out there. So, yeah. uh, also they do a really great cover of Rollin' by Limp Biscuit. Uh, if you want to check that out, dude. Um, so uh, good song. Cover cover wars. Cover wars, yeah. We'll have. To, I'm sure Roland has been covered a few times at this point. Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll do that. <laughs> um, all right. So 
like I said, we're spanning multiple genres here. Um, this is something I wanted to include. These next two, <laughs> like uh, artists, I would uh, I'm I'm excited to talk to you about because these are this is another like field that I'm very very passionate about. I love video games, um, and uh, this composer in particular is a is an incredible person um, and really was the soundtrack to a lot of video games from my childhood. So uh, Yoko Shimomura. Uh, she, let me make sure I said that right. Shimomura. Yep. Shimomura. Um, so, oh, so sorry. Uh, is a Japanese composer and pianist primarily known for her work in video games. Uh, Shimomura has worked in the video game industry ever since from the Osaka college of music in 1988. From then until 1993, she worked for Capcom where she composed uh, wholly or in part the scores for 16 different video games, including final fight, um, and Street Fighter II, The World Warrior. Um, from 1993, well, before I get into that, were you a big, like, Street Fighter fan? Uh, any of those old, like, Capcom fighting Dude, games? Street Fighter two two overtook my life. So, yeah. yes. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I played like, a lot of that. Like, every, every day when I got home, Street Fighter two man. Fired up. Ryu was, was my go-to guy. Ryu and Ken. Ryu, so yeah. I chose every single time. There was nobody else for me. Ryu was my choice every single yes. time. Fight me. Because said that. Yeah, because because he said they said that he was from Japan. I thought Japan is like you know. I mean, yeah. 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 Well, it's amazing. Yeah. So but, yes, I was. I was. I was. So uh, from 1993 until 2002, Shimomura <laughs> worked for Square, uh, where she composed for uh, another eight video games with them um, while working for square she was best known for her work on the soundtrack here comes another video game that i spent a lot of my life playing kingdom hearts uh which was her last game for the company before leaving um i want to talk about kingdom hearts for just a second um this game is so fun i i tried to get into kingdom hearts whenever it first came out but i just didn't understand the, the mechanics whatever I didn't really mess with it. A few years later, I tried to play it again. It's incredibly difficult, especially the first game. So I gave up uh, when I made it. If you're not familiar with the Kingdom Hearts video games, it was a, if you were a fan of Final Fantasy, um, it was like Final Fantasy characters mixed with Disney characters. So that was really cool. Um, if you want to learn more about that, if you've never heard of that for some reason, uh, there's a whole episode of Wizard and the Bruiser where they dive into the history of Kingdom Hearts. I listened to it today in preparation for this episode, but a uh, really cool, fun, really fun game. Um, I'm trying. So there's three like main titles out. There's a bunch of like side games, but the third one is out. And um, Allie and I have been trying to play it for the past year. While I, I convinced her, I was like, this would be a really fun game because it's got Disney characters in it. She was like, okay, cool. We played the first two games. We never finished the first one because it was so dang hard. Uh, we finished the second one, uh, but then we started playing the third one, and she hates how long the cutscenes are. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, she gets really frustrated with it, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, come on! Like, let's just just pl I want to play. Uh, I want to play. I want to. I want to run around with Olaf uh, in Arendelle, you know, and that type of thing." So, mm. anyway, great video game, and she really brought a lot to that soundtrack for sure. Um, so, as I said, uh, starting with Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga in 2003, she began working as an active freelancer, starting up a music production company uh, known as Midiplex. Despite going freelance, she has continued to work on projects for Square Enix, uh, including all of the games in the Kingdom Hearts series, 
um, as well as for others such as The Third Birthday and Final Fantasy XV. Um, other well-known games for which she pro- – I, I, were you a big Final Fantasy fan? Not, not really. No. You know, I just – I just couldn't. Uh, I, I, I just couldn't stand the whole, you know, back and forth of like attacking people. If I want to attack you, then I would, yeah. you know. I mean that, yeah, yeah. So no. The mechanics changed with like. I mean, it's been around for forever. Uh, the mechanics yeah. changed yeah. a lot with every game. I was really late to the Final Fantasy game. I've only played one of them, and it was Final Fantasy X. And I was like, "There's, is there nine other video games that I need to play before this one?" And I was There's like, a lot no. more. <laughs> I was told, "No, yeah. you can. You're, you're good. Just you can play the tenth one, and it won't." mess you up so yeah i did play a little bit of the 10th game uh in the series but i you know i wasn't really into that kingdom hearts was more <coughs> um but anyway other well uh well-known games that she's provided music for include uh, super mario rpg parasite eve um which is a, a really good bring me the horizon song title uh legend of mana uh, or Mana, excuse me, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles is another one. Um, her works have uh, also gained a great deal of popularity and have been performed in multiple video game music concerts, including one, uh, Sinfonia Dramatica, um, that was uh, focused half of her greatest, uh, focused on half of her greatest hits album. Um, it was called Dramatica, the very best of Yoko Shimomura. Um, and, uh, and half of the music... Uh, Excuse me. And half on the music of a previous comp. What does that note say? Cut that out. I don't know what that note was saying. There, okay. Anyway. All right. Uh, <laughs> um. So music from some of her games have been published as arranged albums and as piano scores. Uh, you can find a lot of that stuff on YouTube. Like people do right. a lot of piano covers of her stuff. Um, so after composing soundtracks for over uh, 45 different video games, Shimomura has become one of the biggest names in the video game music industry. And has been has excuse me. It has been described as one of the most famous video game composers in the world. Hmm. Uh, Shimomura's best work, uh, best works compilation album titled "Dramatica: The Very Best of Yoko Shimomura" was released in March of 2008. Um, the album contains compositions from Kingdom Hearts and many other games that she worked on in full orchestra. Um, with Shimomura stating that she chose music that was popular among fans and well suited for orchestration, uh, but it had been performed by an orchestra but had never been performed by an orchestra before, excuse me. In a 2008 interview with music for games uh, regarding the project, Shimomura uh, commented that the sheet music generated for the project, um, uh, she would be interested in pursuing a live performance of Dramatica for fans. If the opportunity arose, lo and behold, the opportunity arose. And in March of 2009, uh, that wish was realized when it was announced that Arnie Roth would conduct the Royal Stockholm uh, Philharmonic Orchestra uh, at the Concert Symphonia Dramatica in the Stockholm Concert Hall, which would combine music from the album with performances of Chris Hulsbeck's uh, Symphonic Shades concert. The concert took place later in August of 2009. That would have been really cool. Yeah. Um, because I love the music for Kingdom Hearts. I think it just is so fitting for the the theming and everything. Uh, music is perfect. Um, so Shimomura lists Ludwig uh, von Beethoven, uh, Frederick Chopin, and Maurice Ravel as some of her influences on her own personal website. Uh, but she also stated that she has enjoyed lounge-style jazz for a long time, so that's cool. Uh, despite these influences and her classical training, the diverse musical styles that she has used throughout her career and sometimes in the same soundtrack include 
rock, electronica, oriental, ambient, industrial, pop, symphonic, operatic, chiptune, and more. Um, she draws inspiration from her songs from things like uh, from things in her life that move her emotionally, which she describes as a beautiful picture, scenery, tasting something delicious, scents that bring back memories, happy and sad things. Anything that moves my emotion uh, gives me inspiration. She Memora also stated that she comes up with most of her songs when she is doing something that is, quote, not part of her daily routine, like traveling. Although her influences are mostly classical, she has said that, in her opinion, her style has changed dramatically over the years, though the passion for music always stays the same. Shimamura has also said that she believes that an important part of the creative process behind music is to convey a subtle message, something that comes from your imagination and sticks with the listener without being overly specific about what it means, rather than only writing simple themes with obvious messages. She stated that her favorite composition was Dearly Beloved from the Kingdom Hearts series, which is a phenomenal, heartfelt song. Um, it's like it's used a lot in the menu, uh, the main menu for those video games. I think in every single video game, it's the same one. Um, James, whenever you do the music uh, for this episode, when you insert the music clips, that's the one you need to put in for her because it's probably her most recognized art uh, or most recognized composition. Um, and it's her favorite. So that'd be cool. So right. yes, thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, Yoko Shimomura, for your contribution uh, to the video game world because all of us nerds who loved playing Street Fighter and Kingdom Hearts and Final yeah. Fantasy, you are the soundtrack to all that. So, for sure. Yeah. So I'm so I'm gonna correct you on one little thing. Okay, do it. I, okay, I'm so <laughs> all right, so um, I I think it's Frederick Chopin. Chopin, excuse me. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. It's uh, I, I. I thought it was topic too, but but the only reason why I know that is because because I don't know if you're a big movie buff, but um, in the movie Tombstone. Okay. Yeah. Um, they they right yeah they um they had a little um uh, argument over the name, and Val Kilmer says uh, it's, it's Chopin, not Chopin, because uh, yeah, because the guy said, well, who who is that Chopin? And uh, Val Kilmer got upset and no, it's Chopin, idiot. Oh man! So 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 you are my Val Kilmer. There you go. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes. But I but I die at the end of the movie. So I don't. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. But so does everybody else, you know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, because because Wyatt not around anymore. So. Oh man! Yeah. Hey, there's a documentary about Val Kilmer. Really? Must be like really good. Yeah, I should check that out. He was my he was one of my favorite Batman. Yes. Yeah, he was yes. a great Batman. Yeah, he's the he's um I think he's my second favorite. First one is it's always gonna be Keaton. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton man. Yeah. man. So yeah. Okay, so um is this another um genre or was this well let's find out. She yes, our next one that we're gonna talk about, she's a pop singer. Um okay. But uh, so we're like I said, we're covering all different genres here. This will be our final one we're talking about today. But uh, actually, technically, she's not. Um, but I'll do run through you, you. Yeah, you you tell us about Utada Hikaru. But um, okay. we just talked about Kingdom Hearts. So I was like, oh God, we got to talk about her. If we're going to talk about Kingdom Hearts, we got to freaking talk about this chick. So yeah, all right. 
So Yutada Hikaru, did I say it right? Yutada. Yes. Okay. Yutada Hikaru. Okay, so Yutada uh, Hikaru, uh, who was also known as Hikaru Yutada. What? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. That's kind of weird. Right. But if it works, it works, right? It works. So and uh, Mononym Yutada is a Japanese American singer, songwriter, and producer. Born in the United States to, Jap- to, to Japanese parents. Uh, record producer Yutada uh, Turuzan and Inca singer uh, Kiki Fuji. Kaiko Fuji. Kaiko Fuji, I'm sorry. Fuji. Yep. Yutada began to write music and lyrics at an early age and often traveled to Tokyo, Japan as a result of uh, Turuzan's job, her, her, her father. Yeah. Um, eventually, a recording contract with Toshiba e- EMI was signed, and under the state name Cubic U, Yutada uh, released an English language debut album, Precious, in early '98. Backed by the massive success of singles Automatic, Time With Tell, and Moving On Without You. The album sold 2 million copies in the first week in Japan. Top the Oricon uh, charts for six non-consecutive weeks. And went on to sell 6 million more throughout the rest of 99. First Love eventually became, became the country's best-selling album of all time. Wow. Uh, I, I, additionally... Yutada is best known for international audiences for writing and producing four theme song contributors to Square Enix and Disney's collaborative game, game series, Kingdom Hearts, Yeah, Simple and Clean, Sanctuary, Don't Oof. Think Twice, and Face My Fears. Dude, Sanctuary. That, I cannot wait to talk about Sanctuary. And Do you want to talk about it now? Yeah, oh, yeah. Go go right into it. I love okay. I love this song. God, this is such a great song. Uh, okay, so uh, "Passion" is there is a fourth single from her studio album "Ultra Blue" in two thousand six. It premiered on December fourteenth, twenty o five, in two physical formats and for the digital consumption distributed by EMI Japan and Eastworld. Passion, alongside its English counterpart, Sanctuary, which you kind of fanned out about right now, um, was used as the inter- <laughs> as the, as the national and international theme song to score Enix video game Kingdom Hearts 2, which came out in 2005. Uh, the tracks serve as, as the successor to Hikari and its English counterpart, Simple and clean, which are which are found in King Hearts. Yeah, yeah, dude. This this song is so. It is the it is the opening track as part of the like opening title sequence and introduction video to Kingdom Hearts Two. Uh, <coughs> so freaking hyped! I want to play the whole game again just from that one song. Um, just because the, the game is so epic, it is just so it's so epic. It's so fun. I had a lot of fun playing it. Um, I'm a Disney fan, so that just goes hand in hand. While I was never really big into the Final Fantasy games, I was definitely 
definitely into Kingdom Hearts. And this song just feels like it captures the whole like spirit and theming of Kingdom Hearts. Uh, And anybody who's ever played, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say Sanctuary. Um, But uh, yeah, it's, it's just Passion was the Japanese version of it. And then it's English counterpart was called sanctuary so um but uh yeah it's just so so moving and uh I, you know this is that's definitely the song you need to put for her intro as well but gosh oh, it's yeah. so good didn't they milk the crap out of kingdom hearts 2 like did like like didn't they do like a 2.0 and 2.5 uh, and right. hd remix yeah. and everything it's so confusing and i can't all right so i have the the kingdom hearts like collection that was re-released because these games originally came out on PlayStation two and they've been re-released and redone several times for PS three and for PS four. I'm sure they're going to do it for PS five, but uh, I have it for the PS four and it's like, it is the most confusing thing. I've only played kingdom hearts one, two and most of three, but there's like kingdom hearts chain of melody rechained. Okay. Yeah. 165 over, (laughs) Today it's confusing. Like, <laughs> right. It don't make sense, and even yeah. the story is so convoluted and makes no sense. And the whole time I'm sitting there playing it, I'm like, "Wow, I have no idea what's happening." But I am sitting here like fighting alongside Jack Sparrow, and uh, I'm like this cool anime boy. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's yeah. just uh, it's cool, man. I'm, I think it's I think it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I really want to continue playing a third one. I cannot convince my wife to play it with me because the cutscenes are too long. Cut That's the only, yeah. only thing. Cutscenes are way too long. Yeah. yeah. Can't skip them. Right. No, you can't. Yeah, that's that won't let you. They that. literally will not let you skip the cutscenes. You have to sit through them and they're like 10 minutes long and you're like, "Jeez, come on, let's yeah, do it." Yeah, jeez, okay. Sorry. And that, no, 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 no. That's fine, you know. Maybe they'll they'll hear you in uh in Kingdom Hearts 4 <laughs> will be nothing but gameplay, you know. Right, yeah. So, uh, last week of better is um similarly to Hikari and Simple and Clean, both Passion and Sanctuary were successful worldwide uh, due to his success with Kingdom Hearts Two uh, by March two thousand seven. The English adaptation of the game sold over four million units worldwide. Um, so according to Bradley Stern. Uh, reporting from Moo Moose, he said that. Um, I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, recordings were her only entries that gained the global fan base because of its influence through the video game phenomenon, which was rare of Asian markets to capture outside of the of the native countries. So that's awesome. That you know that she could accomplish yeah. what so many tried to do. Yeah, she is. She is like one of Japan's most successful acts, right? Um, and it's and it's it's obvious. Like I've never, I have, I'll, I'll, I'm ashamed to say I have not checked out her other stuff. But whenever we started doing research <coughs> for this episode, I was like, that song is so good. I've got to mention it. I've got to talk about it. I've got to look up notes because this is. It just goes hand in hand. We just talked about uh, the composer who did the rest of the music. We cannot just skip over the fact that sanctuary was done by a Japanese artist. We have to talk about it. So, right. right. Um, yeah. Her, her contribution to music is, uh, is incredible. And um, I, I will, I will definitely be checking out more of her stuff. Yes. yes. Yep. Cool. 
Um, but like we mentioned before, we're covering multiple genres here. Um, we're just going to, I'm just going to do a quick little run through about some Japanese hip hop uh, for okay. everybody. Um, so we kind of, just so we cover all our bases here. Um, we didn't get into a lot of Japanese bluegrass. Maybe that's for another, another episode. So we'll, we'll come back to that. Um, <laughs> so uh, this is, this is, I found this from a uh, website called the culture trip.com. Um, just a little article about it. So given its safety, cleanliness, and famously polite demeanor, Japan is not a country immediately recognized for its hip hop attitude. But the, the hip-hop scene is alive and well. Just as diverse as their J-pop contemporaries, hip-hop artists in Japan continue to push the boundaries of genre, art, and fashion on a constantly evolving basis. If you're interested in exploring the fascinating and diverse world of Japanese hip-hop, there are some names that have been running through the streets of Tokyo and wider Japan. For instance, if you like Aesop Rocky, check out Ko. Rapper and artist Yuki Chiba, uh, also known as Ko, K-O-H-H, um, is one name you might be familiar with, even if you have just a uh, passing interest in Japanese hip-hop. Probably the biggest cross-cultural breakthrough in recent times, his American, uh, his recent American-influenced tracks Dirt Boys and Glowing Up have piqued the interest of international communities and garnered him a large following across the globe. His history is a rather atypical one by Japanese standards. Uh, Ko's parents were both drug addicts, and while he was growing up, his father ex ex actually could, uh, committed suicide. Mm. Um, these hardships are something the uh, conscientious rapper speaks about candidly in his interviews and in his music. Uh, his life experience is what he attributes uh, attributes, excuse me, to his resilience. Something you need to break through. Something you need to break through in the hip hop scene. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's good that he's 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 open about his. Father's, um, you know, passing because yeah. I think if if he holds that inside, it's not going to turn out, but would be over your will, yeah. So it's yeah. good that he's talking about it, you know. Yeah, you so, have yeah. to, uh, you have to know how to channel that and um, do it in a healthy manner. So, uh, music's right. the best way to do that, I feel. So, um, uh, for if you if you like Chance the Rapper, like I do, um, <laughs> then uh, if you especially his upbeat hip hop. Um, you should check out check out MC Pira, I believe is how you pronounce that. Um, uh, though female MCs are still a little underrepresented, uh, underrepresented in Japan, there's definitely a wave of upcoming names, and MC Pira is riding high on that tide. Born Saitama, uh, in 1993, the solo rapper single Skip is the perfect encapsulation of her super chilled but upbeat hip hop efforts. If you like what you're hearing, check out her debut LP, uh, One Person Fun, uh, which came out via indie label Omaki Club in 2016, as well as her solo efforts. Uh, uh, MC Pira has worked with local legends uh, Tokyo Health Club. Um, so that's fun. I love Chance the Rapper, man. So Yeah, yeah. Um, he's he's a lot of talent, so I'll, I'll check into that as well. Yeah. Um, do, do you like Tyler, the creator? I do, I do. Um, so if you're a fan of Tyler, the creator, like James Cox is, uh, then you will dig Killa. Uh, if you like your hip hop a little more streetwise, you can't go past uh, Tokyo rap crew Killa. Heavily trap influenced, uh, MCKZM's graveling opening vocals on the track Shine draws parallels to Goblin, uh, released in 20, the 2011 record uh, era from uh, Tyler, the creator. Uh, entirely self-sufficient, the Killer Crew have a production, Imagineering, excuse me, not Imagineering, that's a Disney thing, Engineering <laughs> and Video Team in-house, uh, meaning what you get is just pure Killer. No major label pressures or influence. If you have the 
if you have the urge to dig a little deeper, check out the group's YouTube channel. Um, you can also check out our YouTube channel while you're at it um, for solo work by each of the individual members. Um, and then if you're really weird and you like Nicki Minaj uh, and her weirdness, then you can uh, spend some time with Daco. Uh, I think is how you pronounce that. Say what you want about Nicki Minaj. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's bad for people who want to know. It's D-A-O-K-O. Yeah. Daco? Daoko? Daoko or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, the dog, man. <laughs> I'm just a good old boy from Ashwood, South Carolina. Uh, so, so say what you think about Nicki Minaj. One good thing uh, she's good at is pushing the boundaries of hip hop. I will give her that. Yeah. Um, but, but not only hip hop, pop, and what it means to be a female rapper today. Japanese rapper da- Daoko uh, takes Nicki's weirdness and boundary pushing and brings it to a more J pop oriented world. Uh, only born in 1997, though, uh, her sophisticated ability to traverse through the world of J-pop um, and electro while delivering spitfire rap uh, have made her incredibly popular in her home country. She's definitely one of the uh, name, uh, excuse me, she's definitely one name the international community uh, should keep a close eye on in the next few years. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just a quick little run through of some Japanese hip-hop. Uh, <coughs> you know, Catches your attention, go check those artists out. Yeah. So that's that was a, a, a plethora of great music you can check out. You know, yeah. we covered multiple genres. So we hope you uh, look into it and dig their music, um, please. Because, I mean, music does speak, you know, in multiple languages. That's right. So... In the meantime, um, thank you for listening to the show today. Um, be sure to share this with your friends, families, you know, babies and dogs, you know, because I know you got a new puppy. So share yeah, this with her, you know. I will. So, I'm going to force her to listen to that. In her yes. crate, and play our podcast on repeat um, over 100 episodes for her to binge. So I'm sure she'll there appreciate that. Oh, so. and make sure. She rates and reviews our podcast as they helps us in the future. And if she doesn't, I will, I will, um, I will scold her. I will scold her. I'm just kidding. By, she's, by she taking her outside, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she really is nice. Yeah. So, all right. In the meantime, um, anybody who listens to this one can uh, actually review and rate our podcast too. So don't feel left out, you know, because um, because Blake's dog is going to rate us and review us. You can do it too. Yeah. And if you gave us a bad review, I'm going to scold you. That's right. But take you outside. I don't know. Take you outside. I'm going to beat you on the nose with a roll of newspaper. No, don't do that. We love our we love our fans. Except we love anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so in the meantime, after you do that, though, uh, make sure you follow us on all of our social medias, including, but not limited to, our Instagram at When Words Fail Podcast. Facebook, the WWFMS Podcast. We're on Twitter also, at uh, When Words Fail MS. And you can always email us to, take, to, to tell us what to do on this podcast at, at When Words Fail Podcast at gmail.com. And, and if you want to see us on uh, your TV screen on, on, those, on these podcasts, go to youtube.com slash When Words Fail Music Speaks. And of course, you can always, always hear our episodes on WhenWordsFailMusicSpeaks.com. James, do we have merch available on our website? Like we do, do not. 
we do not ask. We do not ask them right now. I okay. I am getting them ready to go. I would love to. I would love to get some shirts out to our listeners. Okay. Um. Anyone anyone that wants a shirt, hit us up, and uh, we'll see what we can do. I think that's. Uh, I saw something the other day. Um, and I think it is. I think it is uh, very important to talk about. So, like, if you if you want to support music, like especially local bands and stuff, um, one of the best ways to do that is to buy merch that they have. Uh, I saw where it was like one buying one t shirt. Uh, from a artist or say like our podcast right. is equivalent to like streaming a song on Spotify like 40,000 times or something like that. Really? So like, yeah, it's, it's so yeah, it, it goes a long way. Um, so if anybody that's interested in that, let's, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's do some talking and um, hopefully we got some opportunities coming up uh, with some companies to also uh, uh, do some like partnerships with and, um, you know, get our listeners uh, interested in some other great companies that's out there as well. Um, right. Those are in the works. So stay tuned for that. Um, meanwhile, you can check me out on Instagram and Twitter. It's Blake underscore at Blake underscore Mosley, M-O-S-E-L-E-Y. Um, and please do me a flavor and check out my YouTube channel where I'm uploading some drum playthroughs of songs at church. Uh, the quality is better now because I finally have the correct equipment to make those better. Um, and it incorporates the audio. I'm really excited about what we're playing this coming Sunday. So, uh, anybody that's friends with me on Facebook, I'll be live streaming that. Um, and then maybe I'll start doing some live streams on Instagram or something. Uh, but, uh, I will be making videos for my YouTube and my Instagram for sure, based on what we're playing this Sunday. And my wife is singing. So that's fun. Your wife is singing. Why haven't we had her on the show? It's true. We need it's to get hard. her on the show. We're talking, we're talking about it. Yeah, we've got we've yeah. got something really cool planned for having my wife on the show. Um, yeah. So uh, that is in the works. That's something that's probably going to take a little bit of time. I want to make sure that I do it right. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, cool. dude. Awesome. Well, um, once again, we thank you for listening to this episode. And always remember when words fail. Speak. Yeah. See you guys.